And we are back with another episode of The Hockey Princess. I'm your host, The Hockey Princess. We've got crusty old guy here. Um, just as a reminder, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, however you listen to or watch us ramble about hockey stuff during the week. Um, also, just as a reminder, please wait for the whistle and do not get up while the puck's in play. The beer will still be there. The bad food will still be there in 30 seconds. Just... Wait, please. Sincerely, Section 330. Um, Let's get into it. Just as a little heads up, this one might be a little bit shorter. We're not really going to talk about a ton of the games in depth this week, um, just because they were really bad. And, you know, we can harp on the same stuff, but that's not really entertaining for us. It's not really entertaining for you guys to listen to. Um, and it's just, it's just a lot of negativity if that's just constantly, you know, week after week, it's the same three negative statements. And that the overall just gets a bit boring for us and for you guys. I can't handle that kind of negativity. It then it starts to soak on me. Exactly. And then you know I'm I'm I've got negativity covering me, and I, and that's not good for me. I I don't like that. No. I'm a positive person. We don't like it. We don't like it. There's enough negativity on the ice. We don't need to talk about it all the time. Um, but let's get into um NHL's been pretty quiet. Um, in terms of there was any drama, there wasn't really any drama this week. Um, big thing that I'm very excited for, um, Patrick Kane is back on the ice this week. He comes back. It is showtime in hockey town. Um, while I will not be cheering for the Red Wings, you know, regardless of the team, I am going to cheer for 88 for forever. Yep. You got, you got a thing? You got a thing? Um, it hasn't been hockey town in a long time. I know. I'm just no more hockey town. They do not get that. No, no hockey town. I'm just saying what they were saying. That's what they were calling it. Well, they were calling it wrong. You just say showtime comes to the toilet. Um. So very excited to see him back on the ice. Um. Jersey still looks a little weird. Just seeing. 88 in that um, jersey. Shout out to David Sprung, I think his name is, the previous um, person that had 88 that said that it was a no-brainer to give it to Kaner. Um, shout out to him, just because, thank you, because I didn't want to see Kaner wearing another number. Yeah, well, you better have gotten some good coin from Mr. Kane also. That's the way that's supposed to work. He's kind of made of it. Just a little bit. A um, little bit. Big thing with Kaner uh, that now, I don't know if it's like the immediate watch right now in terms of uh, the records that he wants to break, but it's definitely something to look towards in the future, is Kaner's got some records to break now, um, especially with these last years, the, the potential last years of him playing. Um, there is, is it the overall points, goals, and assists for a USA player? So basically for a USA player, he is number two in overall points. Mm -hmm. He's about 130-something behind Mike Badano. Okay. So you figure to get that one, 
Probably going to take about three seasons. Okay. Um, and then the other two are a little bit more difficult. Um, the assist one, he's third right now. Who is he behind? He's Madonna and who else? Huh? Madonna and who else? Phil Housley. Oh. Your unbelievable defenseman, Phil Housley. So, again, that one... You're talking about at least 40 apples a year. Might take four years. And then he is number seven in goals. Um, and about 100 behind Mike Madano for that. He's always already got Little Joe is right in front of him. And Little Joe is still playing also at the nice young age of 39. Or Little Joe might be 40. So... <laughs> It's possible to play this game a long time, and uh, Joe Pawlowski is still putting up really good numbers. Yeah, no, big fan. So, um, you know, if somehow he's able to get five years out of that body, puts him to about, I believe, 40-41, all records are then within his realm. Um, So we'll know more when we see how the hip handles it. Mm Mm-hmm. When we see how the hip handles taking a good amount of contact, the beautiful thing about Kip Patrick Kane is he is not going to take a ton of contact. Um, he sees the game a lot better than most. Um, so he'll know when to get rid of the puck uh, without taking major league contact, at least for a while. Um, and then we'll we'll see how it goes. Go ahead. Um, quick question. In terms of, you know, we'll see how the hip is. When do you, when is like a decent benchmark or time to like seriously look at him in terms of performance of like, okay, this is how he's doing after the surgery. Like you don't want to have immediate judgment within the first couple of games of him coming back. But at what point are you like, okay, this is how he's doing post-surgery. That's a good question. I I really wouldn't know. I, I would assume within the month okay. you'll kind of know where he's at. Um, You know, 88's always been a player. Uh, you know, when he's got the puck, the wheels go a little faster. Um, You should be able to gauge through that first month offensively what he's able to do. Okay. And that's getting by people, his stopping and starting um, cause again, that, that constant stop start is gotta be pretty difficult on the hip. So, and I figure if he makes it a month and everything looks good, I don't see that why there would be another issue. Okay. Um, but again, they've, you know, they've got to cut that open and tear apart some muscle there. Yeah. I am guaranteed he had somebody who could do what I got done a little bit better than when I got my hips done a year ago. But again, my doctor was probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, but I'd give it a month. Okay. I mean, you're not going to see it. Of course, Patrick Kane, there's the possibility of he scores three goals and gets two assists in his first game back just because that's kind of the way he rolls. But then how is it the next day? Right. Where's the pain at? So I think after a good month, we should be able to gauge it somewhat. Nice. Nice. Um, 
That's really all the big, like, that has been the big drama piece the past couple of weeks that I've noticed. Is there any anything outside of the Blackhawks scope? No, you've got uh, your Nito, Nita Ryder, mm-hmm. who signed with the Jets for another three years, I think around four mil. Uh, Nita Ryder is a good... <laughs> He's ideally what your Blackhawks will be looking for in a couple of years. Um, not completely unbelievably skilled, but has good skill, has very good size, and enough speed to skate with anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's one of those fringe players that'll find a role. So um, we've got him. I don't think we have really anything else too crazy. It's been fairly quiet. It has been. So... So maybe on the next show we can we can go around the NHL again. Yeah. And uh, you know, kind of look at our teams that are surprising again. Yeah. You know, you give us a chance maybe to talk about the Yotes and stuff and other teams who Goodness gracious, they are I'm yeah. I'm I'm so, proud of uh, them. But we'll save that for a little bit of a filler for next week if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Um some Rockford updates. Um Slash Blackhawks. So Isaac Phillips and Wyatt Kaiser were sent down to Rockford. Um, You had Louis Crevier, who I like to call Creature, um, was brought up. Not really sure why, but, you know, I'm personally a fan of Crevier. So you like to see him up. Uh, This was his first time being brought up to the NHL. So we got to do his little rookie lap and everything. Um... I like the mentality of, like, you know, nothing's really working, so let's just try everything. Um, So you got to wonder if that was maybe a case, like, you know, what we have isn't working, so let's just see what does. Um, And especially out of the guys down in Rockford, you know, he's got a little bit more... like, history down in Rockford compared to, like, Nolan Allen and EDM, who you don't want to bring up, like, immediately fast. He's still new to Rockford, but he's just got a little bit more time down there compared to the other rookies. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, I think, you know, he's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Allen's 20 and EDM might be 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. I think EDM's 20 also. So he's a little bit older than them. He gives them a different look. He's more of a big body. And, um, you know, this is possibility. It's a way to somewhat reward somebody who's been in the minors. Um, Isaac Phillips has been brought up for a little bit. Kaiser's been here the whole time. So they've collected weeks upon weeks of NHL pay. Creature now gets to come up at least for a couple weeks and gets two weeks of NHL pay pay. That's probably more than his whole AHL salary. So it's a good way to spread around your money a little bit to the kids that are just starting to go around too. So yeah. Um good on the Hawks. Yeah. Um, you know, we both love Al Isaac. I'm a big Phillips fan. Um but uh, you know, if they want to take a look at somebody else, this is the time to do it. Yeah. So I heard Tenorti. Oh, I did hear Tenorti's in concussion protocol. So, um, I don't know what that means. What did we miss last it, night? 
Huh? What did we miss last night? What happened? You know, you never know. Um, he had a couple hits to the head. I remember one, so... Um, and I think he got hit in the head, the one where they called the tripping penalty on him also. Um, so I don't know if that means Isaac or Kaiser gets brought up, but I would assume Creature gets another, um, shot at playing time tomorrow night, so... You know, we've, we've got a lot of young defensemen. We're trying to make our way with them. Yeah. So. And like Crusty Old Guy said, this is the time to do it. Three years from now is not the time to be, you know, spreading the love to everybody down in Rockford. This is a time where nothing really is working. Nothing really makes sense and is clicking yet. So let's just try everything. Heck, let's throw Lucas so- on the fourth line and see if that works. And as far as with the younger players, it's also a chance for your NHL coaching staff to get a little look at him, yeah. get a look, a little look at him in the game situation. And as he's sent back down to Rockford, you give a little notebook. Hopefully it's a decent sized notebook to your people in Rockford saying, this is what I'd like him to work on. Yeah. These are the situations I would like you to start putting him in so he can work on it. Yeah. Ideally, that's the way this is all supposed to work, hand in hand, but it should come from your NHL level of how you want them handled in the AHL. So maybe they're doing that, So, which would be all good. And that makes perfect sense, too, because, I mean, Luke and the rest of the coaching staff really haven't seen guys like Creature since, you know, September, July, whenever they saw him during the offseason. And what you see during the offseason is only like a sliver of a portion of who they are, um, mainly because the Chicago Blackhawks really do not like to run scrimmages for their off-ice camp, or not their off-ice, their off-season camps. They really just like to do funky drills for about five days. So you really don't get a sense, a complete sense of who these players are. So that makes sense. Yeah, and even in training camp, you, you see him a good amount. But now you've seen him after two months of gameplay and see what's changed, what hasn't. So yeah. it's all good. Yeah, makes sense. Um, let's see, Rockford. Um, Rockford's kind of driving the struggle bus a little bit in terms of just overall performance. Um, but major big guys that are standing out is going to be the guys that I've been talking about basically the entire season so far, and that is your Nolan Allen, your EDM, and your Colton Dock. I, and I know this, I say this every week, I don't want to rush Colton Duck's pro, Doc's progress, but, oh, if he could get, like, a game at the end of the season where he just gets brought up just so Luke can see how great he's doing, it'd be great. Um, I would just... I know it's not going to happen. A girl can dream. A girl can dream. I'll just leave you to your dreams. Never mind. A girl can dream because he's just, he's doing so well. Uh, I mean, I didn't think he was going to be doing, like, suffering in Rockford. I think he was more than ready to, you know, make the jump from Seattle to Rockford. Like, this is, this was the next step that made sense for him in terms of progression to develop. He's just consistently doing so well that I'm just very excited for the next step. 
because um, you really don't see him struggling a ton in Rockford. He's definitely one of the top guys in Rockford in general and then also out of the rookies on that roster as well. Because, um, of course, down in Rockford, you've got Senny, you've got Gus, you know, AHL veterans who have been down in the AHL for a while and have also been on Rockford for a while. But you've got Doc playing, you know, at their level a little bit above. And I'm just excited. I just get excited. But I know. I know I got to wait. I got to wait. You want a complete comfort level. Yeah. So they make their jump completely comfortable. Yeah. And uh, again, there, there's something to be said. Next year, there'll be more kids there. And um, having him in a mentor role is going to be a huge. Portion of next year would be perfect. Yeah. And then, yes, I fully expect him to be up here from then on out. Yeah, I I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, let's see, prospect wise, um, two big takeaways this week have been Paul Ludwinski. I mean, he's been on the consistent, you know on our radar this season, doing incredibly well. And Landon Slagger, your captain for your Fighting Irish. Uh, Notre Dame beat Michigan 6-1 to one this weekend, which was great. Um, and he, Oh, we liked it, yeah. <laughs> he had two out of the six goals, and he something something clicked or something. He did something different this offseason because he is just playing – on a completely different level than he had been playing before in Notre Dame, um, which love to see. Not only because he's a Blackhawk prospect, but you just like to see that in general when you when you know players are doing well. And again, he's a senior playing against probably for the most part sophomores, so there is that difference. But either way, he's taking full advantage of it. Yeah. So. And as I said, as far as Landon's concerned, um, there's there's always the possibility of him being a third-line player for somebody somewhere. Which isn't Um, bad. Huh? Which isn't bad. No, it's not bad at all. And, you know, it's it's a position he he performed well at the World Juniors in. Mm -hmm. A shut-down role, so... And if you're able to play that role well and you can score occasionally, it becomes huge. So I'm hoping, but nothing but for the best for Landon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of World Juniors, we want to talk about World Juniors? Oh, yeah. You see how I just segued you right in there? Yeah. That's right. I've been doing this thing a long time. (laughs) Never mind. Almost like five months. Yep. Um, some World Juniors, um, for those who don't know, who have not watched, uh, World Juniors are usually over the holidays, end of the year, beginning of the year sort of situation. Um, they are in Stockholm, Sweden this year, and the preliminary rosters for the countries that participate in the World Juniors came out this week. Um, quite a few Chicago Blackhawk prospects. Um, you've got Moore, you've got Renzel, you've got NASCAR, Hayes, Ludwinski, um, who else am I missing? You've got a couple of notable NASCAR. guys. 
Yeah, NASCAR. NASCAR, Renzel. Yeah. Um, That's about it. You got a couple of other guys that, you know, aren't Blackhawk prospects, but crusty old guy and I, we have other prospects that we like to watch. Your Denton, how do you pronounce his last name? Your Denton kid? I'm going to have to work on that. Um, Hold on. Let me, Let me pull it up and see how badly I can. I thought it was like Matichuk. Let's see. I'm going to try it again. Matty Chuck. There we go. Denton Matty Chuck. Yep. Um, I am on record for stating that's who I wanted instead of Korintinsky. He will probably be your top defenseman for Team Canada. Especially because Kevin Korczynski is not going. Huh? Especially because Kevin Korczynski is not going. Yes, there is no reason to send him. He's in the NHL. He's part of our team. Very silly to send him back there unless they were planning to send him to Seattle afterwards, which every indication I'm getting is that's not going to happen. His play is slipping. It's a struggle. I don't know how they go about that, though. So, yep. um, so but everything I'm hearing is Kevin will be here all year. Yep. Um, other favorite of mine personally is a uh, Montreal Canadian prospect Lane Hudson is on the roster for World Juniors. Um, he is a heck of a defenseman to watch. I am excited for uh, Montreal to get him. Partially because Montreal really doesn't have any defensemen. Um, and two, he's really good. Um, got a bunch of Michigan guys. It should be entertaining. I don't think it'll be as entertaining as last year. Actually, no, scratch that. I think it might be even more entertaining now that Connor Bedard is out of the equation. Yes. Yes, it'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be a little bit more evenly matched. What I'm getting from the uh, people up north is... The Canada team probably is a little weaker than last year's. Right. And maybe that's just the possibility of it's weaker because there's no Bedard. Um, right. They're loaded. They're loaded at every position. So, and again, you've heard it here first, they won't win gold either. Canada? Yes. Yeah. I also think, I mean, the U.S. is stacked, too. I mean, you've got all of the guys from the USN TDP that were drafted this past summer that I think are also on the roster. And they won't win gold. Who do you have winning gold? Sweden. Makes sense. Makes sense. There's something to be said. They're all staying there. They're all gearing up for this. This is huge. Yeah. In Sweden. So I, I think there's a good possibility of the... Other two programs underestimate. I mean, and, uh, so that's just my little type take. I will say um, another key one is that Adam Gajan, the draft pick from this past summer, goaltender, will also be on the roster. I think it's for Slovakia again. Yes. Um, he will also uh, be starting for Slovakia's World Juniors. Um, so it'll be great to see him. I mean, I know he did well this past year. I mean, with the exception of being against Bedard, but also no goaltender really he did well against him. He got drafted kind of high by us, and that, a lot of that had to do with it, the way he played in the World Junior. Yeah. 
So I'll be so, excited to see him again. But um, yeah, for your listeners that are somewhat new to the whole hockey world, World Juniors is basically anybody who's under 20, I think it is. Yeah. Under 20 years old can go play for their country. It happens right after Christmas every year. So this year it'll be December 26th to January 5th. Yep. I have like, I believe it's two divisions. There's a round robin and then everybody gets seated. Um, If you've gotten into hockey and start to like it, it's phenomenal hockey to watch. Except for your occasional like teams that are just completely overmatched. But your top, I'd say four to six countries it's very entertaining hockey, and you'll be seeing the stars in, like, four years in the NHL. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is before anything else. They're playing for country. The kids give it their all, man. They they really give a shit. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a great watch. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm waiting for the time that Chicago actually gets one of those, but... We're not getting that for a while. I was hoping, you know, with all the nice rinks that we have and places to play now. Yeah. It'd be um, nice. But again, it, it's it's hard to get mainstream, you know, America on board with this unless they're really close to the Canadian border. Right. I'll, I'll take another all-star weekend before thinking we're getting world juniors. Okay. And, um... Yeah, you've got your prospects, and this will also, anybody who's going to get into it and watch it a little bit, you'll understand that, yes, we're in a rebuild, but you need to remember there's a lot of teams above us, and you're going to see a lot of their prospects playing really well in this also. Yeah. So, just because we're rebuilding, don't think that even the good teams aren't still building. Yeah. Um, It's the other thing that, you know, everybody needs to remember through this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we get into... So we're not going to talk about most of the games from this weekend. Uh, We can talk about Nashville's game last night a little bit. Um, Just because, you know, I think out of the game, the past couple of games, they've shown the most effort. Um, Not really a ton of effort, but, you know, they really had 0% effort. Um, for most of the games this past weekend, where at least Nashville, they were, you know, 50%. Well, you had four games since we talked last to your wonderful viewers, and the first three of those four games, they scored one goal in each. It was bad. It's really about all you need to know. It was pretty easy for the other team. Yeah. So there, we've gone through three games. Perfect. How's that? All right, Nashville game, we'll start off on a positive note. Um, my three stars, personally... Third star, we've got Mackenzie Entwistle. Um, the effort was there. He, I know we say that Reese Johnson is always feeling it, but Mac was feeling it. He was using his body. He was getting physical. I don't really think he was taking shifts off. Um, just overall, loved the effort. Like I say every week, the three stars really don't matter. The points don't matter. This is all about who's showing the effort most of the game. Other two uh, will go first and second star, kind of are at the same level, but my top two stars are going to be Seth Jones and Alex Vlasic. One, because they're amazing, and two, um, 
you know, yes, Felino scored. Yes, I think Dickinson was the other main one that scored. But the setup was by Vlasic and Jones. They're the one, they were the ones that were setting it up. They didn't put the puck in the net, but they set up the whole thing. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about that. Um, I don't think the Seth Jones hate is ever going to go away. I don't get it. It's being replaced nicely, nicely by Lucas Reichel right now, but... Which that I don't get. Um, you know, Seth played for close to 30 minutes last night. And the beautiful thing about watching the game live is that man's everywhere. Yeah. He is absolutely everywhere. I don't think there's anybody on the team that covers half the ground he covers. No. Um, he's dangerous everywhere. He's on a real bad team, so he's also going to make mistakes trying to help out. And as we talked about before with your listeners, uh, defensemen are going to make mistakes. It's just, it kind of goes with the territory. Right. So, um, besides but, that, you, you know, you, yes. But like I also said, when there was a little bit of Arvid Soderblom hate, even if somebody does make a mistake or even if they don't make a mistake, there's always five other guys on the ice. Yes. It's not always going to be the same guy that is at fault for everything bad happening. Yes. And we won't bring up Bloom too much, but last night's game for Bloom wasn't his best either. Um, We've got to try to figure out a way to gobble pucks better and be in better position to really kick away those rebounds. He let up some juicies, and uh, that was kind of that. So, uh, I don't know if you want to get into anything about Reichel. Um, I'm gonna, I know you told me yesterday that I shouldn't get on my soapbox. I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. Just a smidge. I don't ever tell you anything. Um, there's a lot of Lucas Reichel hate right now. I don't know why. I don't like it. I think everyone needs to calm down. He is a kid. He was playing on a really bad AHL team for a while with nobody really else to play with. And now he's jumped to an NHL team with a lot of expectation with still not really anybody to play with, either skill-wise or effort-wise. Yes, he is not perfect. He does have things to work on. But, you know, not everything is his fault. Get off his back. Give him time. He's not going to be perfect. Beacon of hope. Savior of Chicago overnight. He takes time. That is it. Okay. That was was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, and for your listeners, you know, Lucas uh, got a healthy scratch to game and then was basically put on the fourth line. Um, Luke Richardson's... Explanation for it made sense. Um, He's saying, listen, I need him to do X, Y, and Z, which for Lucas, yes. That's okay. Here's the thing about the healthy scratch that I don't get. There's plenty of other guys who have consistently not put in the effort also throughout the season or that have been taking shifts off, making silly mistakes. Why are you punishing the kid? Why is the whipping boy 
the kid and not one of the veterans that's also been, you know, not playing to their full potential. Because there I are plenty of them. Some reasons, there's some reasons behind that. Lucas, you're trying to develop, you're trying to mold. Most of the veterans on that team, you could really care less about. Also, Luke has a fine line of, say you decide, all right, it's time to send Tyler Johnson a message, and I'm going to healthy scratch him. Doing that to a two-time cup winner could have the potential of really messing up your locker room. So I think Luke is thinking about it that way also. That makes no sense. There's only so much Luke can do with the team the way it's constructed now. Unfortunately, they've constructed a team where they've all been told you are assets. You're not really our hockey players. You're an asset. Well, if everybody hears that enough, they play like they're just assets. And that means, well... I'll attempt to turn it up two weeks before the trade deadline. Um, so I, I think that's the line that Luke is trying to straddle. I think next year, everything changes in that regard. And there's a lot more accountability on everybody because you basically now stated this is our team. So I'm with you. Um, how a message is sent to a Tyler Radish. Taylor Radish, I don't know. Um, But that could be part of it. You worry about losing the room that way. You know Lucas Reichel, he has a need and want to get better. He's going to go along with things. So, you know, that's it. I'm not a big fan of, yes, does the young lady in the first row have a question? Or do you just wave uncontrollably? What room? What room? What locker room presence? You want to talk about locker room presence? You don't have a locker room presence. Yes, they you, do. You, you don't. Yes, you the guy don't. With the buggy eyes. You have a bunch of you know misfits that are playing together, but there's no nothing's clicking. There's not a sense of we are a team. It's a lot of frustration and a lot of anger. And, you know, I think even though that they've had so many, you know, closed-door post-game meetings after losing by five goals, you you don't have that. I think the roster last year had more of a sense of togetherness than right now. Well, yes, but you had incredible leaders on that team. That's neither here nor there. But make no mistake, that locker room can get a heck of a lot worse. That's what you're worried about. You're worried about it getting a hell of a lot worse, having infighting like crazy, and that does not need to be molded in front of these new kids. So I understand what you're saying. There's not a lot of this. Um, Management has made it so this team doesn't feel any of this because they've all been told, we don't want you here we're not expecting to have you here. Right. So how are well, they supposed you to, you know, have this right. presence That's why in the locker room? You have to start building this team. 
You've torn it apart for two years. Um, that's neither here nor there, but trust me, things can get a lot worse. And it's Luke's job to walk that line and manage to make, sh- make things, sure things don't co- go completely into the crapper before you're even a third away done through this season. So I hear exactly what you're saying, Hockey Princess. But I, and and I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I believe you that it definitely could get a lot worse. I'm just like, what presence yeah, are just, you worried it's, about? It, it, it's a fine line for a coach. So, um, you know, Lucas needs to get stronger on the puck. He needs to be stronger with the puck. He needs to stick his nose in there more. Okay. He's been told that. He has all year to work on this. And then we'll regroup next year. Um, if you are expecting him to be this offensive juggernaut this year, well, you didn't pay attention to his last games with us. Yes, he put up points, but you need to understand and watch the game. <clears throat> and a lot of those were easy points off of other teams' mistakes. The other difference between last year and this year, teams are preparing for the Hawks. Because they don't want that pipsqueak little 18 to end up on highlights on their watch. So they're taking the team more seriously. So there's that factor, too. Um, I don't know what Lucas will be. Uh, we know what he needs to work on. Yeah, as far as your, the fan base, just give him the year to work on it. He's just a kid. You could basically spin a wheel on this team like you've stated, and decide who you want to have a problem with. And most times the needle would land on somebody that you're justified to. So there, I think we talked a little too much about Lucas when we were planning to. That's okay. That's okay. It's all in positive light. We're just telling, we're just, you know, saying that, you know, give him time. He doesn't yes, need to yes. be perfection immediately. Nor, I think, no, if you were very... expecting perfection of him overnight, we've been watching very different games. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult league. And you'll notice this with a lot of your Hawk personnel. It'll get more difficult. All of a sudden, you'll be actually expecting to win. And teams will really be game planning for you. And then your game has to go to another level. So all of these players right now, they're going to need to go four levels up because that's the kind of play that they're going to be playing against once they become relative. But we don't have to worry about that this year. So. Yep. No, we don't. Um, you got anything else on the Nashville game? Or do you want to go on your monologue that you have prepared for? I haven't really prepared for it, but I've, uh, the Nashville game, uh, it sucks to lose to Nashville, a good amount of Nashville fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no different than the Blues game. There wasn't a lot of back and forth and them giving us the business. So I don't know if that's completely out of the new generation of fan. I was expecting a little something from the Blues fans and got nothing. Maybe that's just the way we do it now. Um, as far as the rant... Um, we do Krusty's Corner, right? Yep, we, we haven't done Krusty's Corner in a minute. Well, we can we can do a Krusty Corner. All right. Floor is yours. myself mentally prepared for this. So, for this Krusty Corner, this one has been brewing for... A while. I don't know, six months. 
six months and who's been put in the crusty corner and who will remain there until she starts to do a better job is Jamie Faulkner. She is your, what do we call her? President of the business end of the hockey division. So it's basically Danny's right above her. It goes Danny Wirtz, then it's supposed to split off to Katie and then Jamie Faulkner. All all three people we don't like. (laughs) All those top three people, we're not a fan. I'm not a fan of. (laughs) Ah, We'll see. We'll see. But um, Jamie Faulkner got this job about two years ago, came in the same time as KD. Jamie Faulkner, almost in tears, in incredible shock, could not believe that season ticket holders didn't get the Dame Gay giveaway. So she was astounded by that. She said, listen, you season ticket holders, I feel you. I'm going to take care of you. So basically what Jamie Faulkner did to take care of us, she decided to basically do away with David giveaways. She told us we will get one and then cut it down to about six or seven. Um, Has done the same thing again this year, except... The Blackhawks are going to have about 10 hat giveaway days at the United Center. But none of them are for season ticket holders. They're for people who just went out right now and decided, I want to go to a game in three weeks. She's going to give them a hat for that. But as me being a loyal season ticket holder, I don't get that hat. So where was the love? I'm thinking the love was just a pile of shit. So Jamie, you are completely called off on it. I don't understand. Just state that you don't want the old time season ticket holders. Whatever you want to do to attempt to get rid of me is not going to work. Hold on, we have a phone call. Can we take the phone call on the air? Yeah, who is it? All right, well, let it go to voicemail. I'll wrap it up quickly. Okay, the other problem with Jamie Faulkner. Um, Rocky Wirtz passed away four months ago. The fan base cannot, still cannot get a Rocky patch. How is that possible? That is so out of touch with what your fan base wants. I went yesterday and asked about it again. And one of the girls who I know has worked the concession stand there in the hundred level for a long time said, I don't have no idea what's good. She goes, this is just bloody awful. Those were her words. It's been four months. Dick Puck has passed away two weeks later. Bears fans could go get the 51 patch that was on every Bears jersey. I call that a huge fail. That is a massive fail of epic proportions. Do better. Do the work. All right, I'm done. (laughs) 
You know, uh, <laughs> he doesn't get out until I say she gets out. Fair enough. Fair enough. And if it gets worse, she gets the dunce can't put on her when she's in the corner. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, funny little. St- I'll do the. I'll do my Jamie Faulkner story really quick, which uh, just tells you kind of how she is as a person. Um, so I was at, what? Just go on. I was at the first day of training camp. Um, I got there accidentally a lot out, really early, obnoxiously early. Um, because I was dumb and did not read things on the website. But to be fair, so you've like bought the ticket for training camp, you, you know, add it to your Apple wallet as you do. Um, and the time that was on the Apple Wallet ticket and the time on the website were two different things. So I got there when I read it off of the Apple Wallet. So that was about three hours before training camp started. So I was the only one there. The woman comes up to me because I'm, you know, taking notes, doing my notebook thing and asks me if I'm there for training camp. And I say, yes, I got there early. But to be fair, the, the time thing was wrong. <gasps> oh, whoa. That is such a good thing to know. I'm going to let them know that. I'm like, no, you're not. I have no idea who this person is. Um, and, you know, she's like, are you so excited? Are you so excited to see Connor Bedard? And aside, of course I was excited to see Connor Bedard. Like, who wouldn't be? But anyone who's listened to a past episode knows my three favorite prospects are Sam Savoie, Paul Ludwinski, and Gavin Hayes. And EDM, but that is, but Hayes, Ludwinski, and Savoir are my dream third line. And I really don't get to see them a ton because they all play in the CHL. And so I explained, I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, but I'm really here for, you know, Savoir. And she looked at me like I had a second head. Like the thought of somebody being there that wasn't on the 98 train of Beacon of Hope organically grown the rebuild like the weird like I was I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that you know Katie and Jamie really love to pass out to everybody in Chicago and the like she just looked at me like I was absolutely nuts like there could be someone here that wasn't on the you know Kool-Aid crazy train and then I got home and realized who I talked to and then I had to call crusty old guy because I knew Krusty old guy wasn't her biggest fan. And I was like, this shows me exactly what type of person she is. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, there's a group right now there that does not think very much of their hardcore fan base because they just don't. But they don't need to. That's why we're here. The game... <laughs> is what I want to go see. Whether it's them running this team or not, I'm still going to come watch this team. I made that decision last year. Yeah. So they can do whatever. We'll still talk about hockey. We'll do our best. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue to have fun. We're absolutely so remember everybody, hit like buttons, send emails, snail mail, telephone calls. Some point in time, maybe Hockey Princess will give out her phone number. You can call her all the time. Oh God, no, we're never doing that. Um, are we? Are we wrapping up? Are we good for this week? Do you have anything else? 
You're my boss. I think I think we're good. Um, hopefully next week we'll have more things to talk about. Um, so just as a reminder, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, like questions about the NHL, questions about hockey in general, anything we've talked about in the past that you're like, wait, I have a question on that thing that you explained like three months ago. Did you have a question? No, I, I thought we were going to uh, next one also discuss uh, salary cap. Yes. A little preview. I thought about it for this week, but I think we ran out of time. Yeah. And that I need to, you know. Get all of the numbers on the note on the handy dandy notebook that helps me remember things. So a little preview next week. We'll talk oh, about. So, some... so you're gonna you're gonna do the work. I'm gonna do the work. And that's I'm good. gonna do the work. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to be on an episode with me and crusty old guy, send us a message. We're on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, you can send us an email. You can comment below on the YouTube video if you watch us ramble on a weekly basis. Um, make sure to hit that like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. However you listen to or watch us ramble. Your friends, tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Pull down the window in your car. Tell the car next to you. Exactly. While you're at home. Exactly. Open the window. Yell out to your neighbor. Yeah. There. Really Do all of that. And another reminder, go. make sure to uh, wait for the whistle. Do not get up while the puck's in play. Don't try to get out of your seat. Don't try to get back to your seat while the puck's in play. Um, because if you're in Section 330, there will be a blonde girl chirping at you. Um, and yes, I will be consistent. It is one of my favorite pastimes is chirping at people. Sometimes I get scared. Sometimes I get scared. If it's a group of them, sometimes I get scared. Is that consistently blonde or consistently chirping? Consistently chirping. (laughs) All right. That's enough with us this week. (laughs) We will talk at you guys next week.